Welcome to the Honey Drop, your all-access pass to the Hamilton Honey Badgers. I'm Andrew Damlin, and today we're going to the home of the Blues, Memphis, Tennessee. 6'9", power forward for the Hamilton Honey Badgers. His name is Nino Johnson. Nino, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. So thanks for doing this. And you're growing up in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm wondering, did that uh, grit grind team of like the late 2000s, early 2010s, does that really speak to you the Zach Randolph the uh Tony Allen does that team speak to you and your basketball sensibilities oh my um it speaks Memphis totally that's that's who we are you know what I mean um just the rough part for one growing up where I come from and just number two once I once I picked up the basketball I took that same thing with me the same mentality like don't bag down from no one never show any fear and and look where I'm at today yeah, you're a pro. You've been a pro for a while. But but going back to Memphis, I'm wondering, you mentioned your childhood picking up a basketball. What's the first vivid basketball memory you have as a kid? Number one has to be my sister getting drafted when I was like 13, 14 years old. She got drafted to the WNBA and um, I was in, in Cleveland, Ohio. So I was fortunate enough to watch LeBron James play. And that was that was it for me. I was actually playing football, and once I seen him, I was like, "This is what I'm doing from here on out." You mentioned in this interview already, and you also mentioned in that little scrum we had the bedrock values you have. There's there's loyalty. There's if you got my back, I got your back. There's never letting the other team make you know, see you sweat. Where right. in Memphis did that sort of mentality develop? If you remember, oh, um. Once I once like you said, once I once I did pick up the ball and I started watching some more, I seen how Memphis was playing around at the time. And of course we, we we went through our struggles, you know what I mean? But once we got that glue, you could just tell when I, when I was watching the NBA at that point, like, man, I want I wanna have those guys back, like Tony Allen, like Mike Cunley, Mark Gasol. Um, even even still, Lorenz and Wright, Art, rest in peace, uh, Strobe, Mouse, Swift, them, those guys set the platform for those guys, the new grit and grind situation. Um, even though their toughness wasn't enough to go playoffs, the other guys did, and, and that, that was all that was needed. Once I seen that, I was like, that, that's the type of basketball I want to play. Like, just fearless. I got, my, I got your back. I know my friends got my back. Trust is a big thing. So, so you mentioned – Around the age of 13, when your sister got drafted, that's when you really started to, I want to take basketball super, super seriously. You go on to high school, powerhouse school, White Station, head coach is Jesus Patino. I'm always interested in the leadership that uh, every Honey Badger has had over the course of their lives. What kind of impact, what kind of impression did Jesus Patino make on you? He'd been at the school for five, six years before you had gotten there. I think it's been there for 15 now. What kind of impact did he have on you at uh, White Station? Um, actually, after you know, I did pick it up once again, once I got going, people was telling me, man, you're too tall for basketball. He took me in like 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 kind of how I've been feeling here and with the hustle. Like they he he embraced what I brought to the table, even though it wasn't the prettiest. 
he's one of a kind and all you have to do is listen and, and trust once again. And I just let go and let Jesus give me everything, put me in the best positions. He never showed me wor- like a worrying, like he has the most composure of any, and that's where I get that from, honestly. Like his poise, like no matter what, win, lose, or draw, he's the same. He's gonna he's gonna be the same. He's not gonna get stressed out. I mean, we had he's competitive. He's a sports player, so of course, in the midst of the games, we we definitely hit heads sometimes. But at the end of the day, he only wanted us better and, and to be at that level that he's nowhere capable of. Like he was he was he was indeed a great great guy. So did he have any uh, sort of disciplinarian in him? Like if you're messing around in practice or something, would it be like everybody on the line or or was that not really part of his makeup? It, it wasn't because you approached him like an NBA almost kind of a guy. Like he has that respect to where once you come in the White Station gym, it's our, you're you're there. He wouldn't even allow in anyone in his gym that's not on that mindset. But of course, I was a, a football natural player, so with what I had and what he was trying to teach and, and, and implement, he helped in a sense, it helped each other, you know what I mean? So I, I had to get better coming from where I came from in Melrose with the discipline and sorts of stuff, but I that, you know what I mean? Like, it was more so what I was around at, at Melrose versus what I was around at White Station. So separating that and then being with the best coach, I had no other choice but to grow and be mature from then on, on the court and off the court. You mentioned the presence he had in that gym, the Spartan Palace is what it's called. Can you describe what a road team is going to feel like when they walk into the Spartan Palace? First off, man, when I played there in the City of Championship before I went to White Station, it was like the ultimate high school gym. So I was just struck from that. But when you actually play against White Station, the fans there – it's like a mid-major college. Like, they're, they're on you. They're paying themselves. So when I seen that dedication, I mean, we had dedication from where I was at at Melrose as well. But when I seen that dedication from the students, just as much as just fans and, and pre-alumni, man, I was like, wow, this is, what I, this is how I want to play. This is why we go even harder in the game. Like, it was – an unbelievable presence and atmosphere at, at the Palace, man. And I love it still to this day. And some of your Memphis contemporaries are, are pretty notable. There's Chris Chioza, who's got an NBA career in, in Brooklyn. Uh, Tariq Black, Ian Clark, all guys Le- out of Memphis. Le'Ron Black, Le'Ron Black. Tariq Black was at Ridgeway, sorry. Oh, my bad, my bad. Okay, so then there was one other player. Tell me if I'm correct. Jamario Jones, is he out of Memphis? He was at Melrose, though. He was, he was um, at the school prior to me, but after me. Okay, so he was. So you played against him. Yeah, I played against him. So I I, I I saw him play in the G League, and he's I think six six, and he led the league in rebounding. Yeah. Um, yeah. how annoying was it to play against a guy like Jamario Jones? Um, actually, when I was older, he he was like a freshman, so he didn't get much minutes with the varsity. <laughs> But because we're from the same growing up where we grew up from the same basically neighborhood, we played and pick up a lot, stuff like that. And he was definitely the same. Like he never changed. He had the motor of 
I don't know what, like his motor was just unbelievable at his height then. So we knew like the ball finds him for some reason. Like he was like, he's going to be special. And he just, he just, he never changed. He just kept his MO. And that's, that's what it's all about. Like he knew what was his thing and the ball found him naturally. At White Station, you come second in state in 2010, if I have my years correct. And, and you were a semifinalist the year after. And then you go off to Southeast Missouri State for college. And you played against some amazing players then. You played against Robert Covington, played against Campaign. Do you remember the game you played against Campaign, by the way? I was just looking up the stats. Do you remember that game? Always, man. He's a fellow Memphian as well. So always, we always was going at it. You know, they looked up to me. They were younger, of course, but they they knew what they were getting into. We well, we knew we were getting into playing against each other. Like it was going to be a nonstop battle, nonstop fight. And yeah, he scored twenty six, I think, in a two point win. You scored twenty five, and uh, obviously that there was a you could just the the numbers are sort of jumped off the page. You could tell it was a battle just by looking at the at the page. So you you have a very successful four year college career, and I'm wondering at that point, are you thinking? At what point are you thinking? You know, I'm I'm going to be a pro. Is it is it early? Is it before high school? Is it the beginning of high school, or is it like? during college where you're like, I could make a, a living out yeah, of this. My, yeah, my freshman year, I knew it. I knew it then. Uh, they picked me free. Uh, I was the highest rated to go in on recruiting to the OVC. So I knew I wanted, it was going to be an uphill climb because I was trying to change a program, turn the program around. But I, I love task. I love what I want to say, getting it out the mud. I, I mentioned that here a lot. So getting it out the mud is what we know. Just, it's gonna be hard for us regardless. But what are you gonna you gonna you gonna either quit or you gonna keep going? Either way, it's gonna hurt. So that's how I always look at it. You know what I mean? So, so CMO was was a task, but I feel like we changed that whole program around. Ultimately, still to this day, I feel like, and that's what it was about after me, not even with me. But I knew I was a pro regardless of what what we accomplished. And Simo, I wanted to handle that first. And definitely a championship, even though I couldn't accomplish that. But the, the looking at the teams that was in, like you mentioned, Murray State, Tennessee State, like I, I knew it wasn't going to be easy. You know what I mean? So, and it, and it speaks for itself. Even the, uh, my teammate here, uh, MJ, MJ Red, he was with, with Robert Covington. So going against him every night, it was like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, it's good competition at, like, the highest level. So it really wasn't a big difference. You know what I mean? So I, I appreciated that. It's pretty yeah. ironic that you, you come to the Hamilton Honey Badgers how many years later to replace an injured MJ Rett. It's kind of crazy uh, universal yeah. universal stuff. You know what I mean? So you have a successful four-year career at uh, Southeast Missouri State, and then you go all over the world. You go You go to Japan, Finland, Israel. Philippines, you're in the Iceland Dominoes League. Um, and, you know, I was talking to Kenny Edgem a few weeks ago, and he's played in different parts of Spain for three years. And there was one clip I saw of him. He's in an elementary school gym, what looks like an elementary school gym. There's like a jungle gym pushed off to the side as he's like throwing down dunks in front of I don't know how many people. Is there ever a time during your all of these stops that you kind of look around and you're like, what am I doing here? Oh man, all the time. <laughs> One particular time for me was actually uh, playing in the Champions League in Finland, the Europe Champions League. 
the fans in Turkey, we traveled to, to different places in Europe. The fans in Turkey were amazing, but if you're not on their team, it's going to be wild for you. Like, they were at our bus. They were throwing stuff at me. Like, they had security guards at the top, like, two to three in each corner. So it was like, I, I love this atmosphere, but what am I doing here? <laughs> like, it's like my home in a sense. It gave me that feeling, but it was like, what am I doing here? Like they if you're if you're not with them, they're definitely against you. It's just they're all in fans. And I, I definitely love that type of feeling. You know what I mean? Like they they making it hard for you at the free throw line. They might throw something on the court. Yeah, something crazy. You never will understand, of course, <laughs> but you would just look like I know that wasn't something good. You know what I mean? But they're <laughs> diehard fans, and that—that's what helped me too. Uh, for the teams I was with, going playing at home was just adapting. Like it was, it was good fans there, and and also on the road, you just have to be prepared and, and make sure you stay with the team close. It was, it was crazy. You're, you know, you're a long way from home, obviously, and there's people from all over the world. Is there, is there a connection you made, whether it's with a coach or a fellow player, whether they were from the States or anywhere else? Is there a connection that you made with somebody that really sticks out in your mind throughout your time internationally? I want to say, man, really, my stint with the, the NBA G League, um, I do, although I was in the country, it helped me learn what I've learned overseas and take it to the NBA as well and reinvent myself and just apply so much stuff. Um, but definitely my coaches there, man, they throughout just being a pro versus overseas. Um, they, they were just unbelievably helpful. Gave me so much knowledge that I, that I was asking for versus sometimes overseas. They, they, they know you kind of got great knowledge of the game. So they kind of give you the keys, like to let you operate, figure stuff out. Um, some, in certain cases, some coaches are still helpful, of course, giving you knowledge. I'm not saying they're not helpful, but just giving you giving you more than what you think you need, I want to say. So um, in that case, man, yeah, I reinvented myself and, and made myself like a rookie again because of so much knowledge I thought I had and, and how they embraced me. It just made me feel like, a different player just with, with them talking to me um, versus them seeing me play or showcasing my skills. Just getting knowledge and being around that presence is is almost, it's, it's just, you can't explain it. You know what I mean? Because you know it's the top level and you know they're not, they're giving you exactly what they will give a LeBron. You know what I mean? So it, it made me feel super even more special, if that makes sense. And I was at home. So it was just that 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 low stint there, and from what I took overseas, it was like perfect timing almost to get everything I needed. You know what I mean for my pro career from from here on out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you play a season with the hustle, and uh, at some point along the way, you suffer an injury, you break your pinky. That's been difficult to to come back from. You mentioned, and we had that little scrum. And then you said you went down to Miami and you trained with Ronnie Taylor, very famous trainer of top NBA yeah. players. Yeah. What's the most sort of strenuous, difficult Ronnie Taylor workout that uh, that he's put you through? Every day, <laughs> every day is a high level, man. He he's gonna test you. Um, he's helping build character, um, and all of the above. If if you have the mindset to come in and work, he's gonna put you 
through more than what you thought. You know what I mean? So the ball handling, and he he can still ball because he played as well. But, man, when I say the ball handling drills, me being a four guy like I am, it was, like, all over again, like, high school. Like, he knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? He makes you feel so comfortable with the ball in your hands. So he he's, he's gotten me back to where I want to be pretty much, even though I have the pinky like I talked about what kind of messes me up, frustrates me sometimes, some games, because I can just lose the ball with somebody just hitting it and not even really, like, if I can grip it like I want. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like what he giving me with the confidence, the ball handling, just having the ball in my hands like I did in Japan and Finland, man, it, it feels amazing. Like, I can I can make any play, like Spider Mitchell, some of the guys he worked out, Michael Beasley. It makes me feel like I, I know I'm capable of doing the things they're doing. I just had to push myself through it. You know what I mean, he brought that out of me for sure. There are a couple of times you've brought up the ball too. Uh, just a, just a few times for the for the Honey Badgers as well. You've been able to show off that handle just a little bit in in fits and starts. And also, you know, Coach Schmidt's been trusting you coming off the bench for kind of a change of gears, giving you the ball in the post. And in today's NBA, the, the sort of the post game, the back to the basket game is kind of um, yeah, all day. And you got that confidence. There, there was one move where you actually missed the shot, but you gave this little like Rondo-like ball fake sort of oh, outside. Yeah. The guy jumped all the way that way. And I felt like the move was too good that the, the shot, do you remember like, oh, I got to make this when that happened? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. As, as, as we work on it, of course, man, but you know, the game is just so different. No matter what, with defense on you, everything is going to be tougher. But I feel like, yeah, I definitely was supposed to make that one. <laughs> I had him going all the way. And, and Coach Schmidt likes to—he likes to give everybody the confidence, the, the feeling of of the green light. And you mentioned Ronnie Taylor giving you that, Coach Patino giving you that in high school. What kind of impression in this, you know, half a season that you've spent with? And half a season is only six, seven games in the in the CEBL. What kind of impression has Coach Schmidt made on you in terms of giving you that confidence and also helping you in your in your skills development? He's definitely he's one of a kind. He, he uh he's no he he knows he knows the game. He has the greatest feel. He's a player's kind of coach. He's another Jesus to me. Like he never worries. He's composed, even though he's young and competitive. You see, you see him just get competitive sometimes. I feel like that's just competitiveness. But he's never like worried. Like he he knows what I'm capable of. He knows my strengths. He knows where to put me. I feel like he's just his energy is unmatched as a coach. Um, and where he's trying to go and where I'm trying to go. We had to talk about that. Like never uh settle never just want to be complacent and a lot of coaches now still don't kind of believe in those type of things um but example Giannis is one of the guys that I look after as well um so I, I kind of wanted to elevate my game like that prior to even coming here but that's the type of coach I feel like he is it's just okay one year he's here but next year he's going to be here and he want after that he just wants to keep going you know what I mean so uh yeah, I, I'm just he, – he gives me that feeling of we're just on the same page. Like, he's really a player. Like, you know what I mean? He want to climb no matter what situation we're in. He's just never worried. I don't know, man. Coach is different. He's just – he's a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> so many things I can't even explain. You know what I mean? And I've only been here seven games, two weeks. But just and what he's instilled in me thus far, it feels impeccable. Like, I know why they're winning, a winning program at this point. 
And the, the feeling I get from Coach Schmidt, and he's been the assistant coach for the Raptors 905 for four seasons. I've covered the 905 for four seasons, but I haven't I hadn't spoken to Coach Schmidt until at length until this year. But throughout my time covering the 905, there would be players shouting out Coach Ryan and 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 the work that uh, he had done with him. And the word that kept on coming up was genuine. And uh, he and he used that word to describe you. He said you're a genuine guy. He spoke with your assistant coach at the hustle, and he said this guy is just a great person. And so he was so happy uh, to have you in. And he's got a, he's got a dilemma on his hands because with a one and done game coming up, he's got a lot of big men to choose from. And he and you've really sort of been ascending. You had a really awesome game in a loss against Niagara, and now you got a one and done playoff game coming up against Ottawa. What's your approach to a one-and-done game? Because to me, you don't seem like you're afraid of the pressure at, at all. Oh, yeah, um, of course. Honestly, it's just a preparation. Coach Ryan, even though I've been here a few games, he has me feeling ultimately prepared. Although I did what I did, like I said, working out, training, it's nothing like the game. And even though I've been playing seven games, he, he has me feeling super prepared like um the team we have i I trust them Um, i trust the decision making on his behalf and once you get that it's like that's the hard part i feel like you know what i mean like as a pro now and going to win you know if you're expected to win expected to just go do that it's kind of a heart but if you know the position he's going to put us in to prepare the plays the offense the defense the uh, confidence, pre-game motivation. He, he's a player, a coach, like I said once again. So it's one of those things where we know the capacity of the game, but how well he prepares us, it feels like another day that we have to get better. But, of course, we have to apply a little more pressure, be at our best, you know what I mean, despite of what he has prepared us for, despite we have to go out there and play, you know what I mean. But he has us feeling so ready and, confident um, we know we went through our strides here um adding me even though I feel like those are strides to make us great through this process that's what I think it all came down to like um we took those losses because we may have got comfortable and people may have got more antsy to play us once they seen once they added me so it's like everybody's gave us their best shot and we're we're over here adjusting you know what I mean like we, we it's like we can't even give our best shots yet so now I think going through all of this, it's time to give our best shot. And I feel like it's going to be a perfect time thing once once this weekend comes. So. Yeah, the timing would be perfect for you guys to come together and get a get a good start. And you, you mentioned that you, the trust you have in Coach Schmidt, and he, he called you a foxhole guy as well. So there's definitely the trust is goes both ways. And you still have a little bit of prep to go. You got a few more days till the one and done against Ottawa. So I'll let you get to practice. Uh, listen, Nino, we, and we really appreciate the time. We appreciate your candor, and uh, we wish you the best of luck as the playoffs approach. I appreciate you guys for having me once again. Uh, appreciate the Honey Badgers uh, organization and the CEBL League. Um, I appreciate you.